welcome to the stunt show here on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Leo Razamik, and today we have a pretty interesting topic. Oftentimes, we have an idea that we want to make happen. Um, for me personally, I have a baking business. I like to. It's relevant. Don't worry. I'm not just trying to push my business. It is actually relevant to the topic. Um, I try and work hard to make the small idea that I have become bigger. But we all know that person who it actually worked for. Obviously, it takes a lot of time and effort, but their small idea has become a success. So today I'm going to talk to two of those people. The first, a little bit having to do with my baking, um, or baking in general, or cooking. And the next hits a little bit closer to home on the network. But first, I am joined by Esty Walby, the moderator of the Facebook group, I Don't Cook, But I Give Out Recipes. Um, now, a lot of what I look for is great recipes, and so I definitely am a fan of the group. And so I asked her to join me today to sort of get an idea about how she turned a small, what could have still been a small Facebook group of like 50 people, and now I believe it has over 15,000 members last time I checked. Yeah. So welcome. Hi. Um, so you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? I don't know, maybe some people know you, but... Sure, yeah, a lot of people do know me. First off, thanks for having me. Um, my name is Esty Walby, or better known as Esty Adler Walby on Facebook. That's what most of the right. world knows me as. Um, I feel like sometimes people call people by the name they see on Facebook, yeah. not realizing, like... I know people don't know me in real life when I hear that shouted. Right. Esty Adler Walby, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> That's how it goes. Um, I live in Brooklyn and I have three kids and that's basically my number one job is <laughs> that I'm the mom of the three kids and everything else is just fluff but I do a bunch of things on the side. I do um, I do shadels and I have a shtick rental that almost no one knows about because most people know me as in the kitchen they don't think I ever leave. Basically. Oh wow. <laughs> um, well how did this thing start? How did this group start? I mean, I only got into it a few months ago, but when we were discussing before, you said you've been doing it for, I don't know, like 10 years. How did this, you know, come about? So that's actually a really popular question that I get, and it started out as a joke. I got married almost 10 years ago in June, so in June it'll be 10 years, and I lived in a very small apartment where I didn't like my kitchen. I always liked cooking. But I really did not like my kitchen at all. And it was just me and my husband, so why would I cook like a dinner right. if we can just go out to anywhere and it's just like a cheap two-person meal and it's easier and faster and I didn't like my kitchen. Right. So I remember I, a friend of mine asked for a recipe and of something that I described to her that I ate at my sister's house or something. And I asked my sister for the recipe and then I gave it to my friend. And at that point, Facebook just introduced the groups. Like, before right. that, it I wasn't remember. really a thing. And my sister made up the group to make fun of me because I don't cook, but, you but I give out recipes. out recipes. But really, I always liked cooking. At that point, I was just not able really interested. Yeah. I was able to. I just didn't like it. Like, I enjoy cooking. I don't do it for the necessity. I actually like it. It's my hobby. Were you one of those kids that was, like, always in the kitchen growing up, the teen who was always in the kitchen? I used to, even as a little kid, I used to watch my mom. My mom is a phenomenal cook. My grandmother is a phenomenal cook. And they were always in the kitchen, and they were always making great things, and I was always by my mom's side watching her. So I was kind of always into it. Just at that point, it was like, 
if I'm not enjoying myself, I'm not going to do it. Right, I it, totally hear that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially we live in Brooklyn. It's so easy to eat out at a different restaurant every single night, and it's not even like you don't have to repeat for like a month. Right, <laughs> at least. Right. It's ridiculous how many restaurants here. Also, you could just walk down your block and there's a restaurant. Right. Well, not anymore. Now there's restaurants in my kitchen, basically. Oh, well, yeah, now. Now. Um, so the group is mostly cooking. I yeah. see the occasional baking recipe. Um, but what are your, you prefer cooking? Somebody told me once that, um, they're very shocked that I'm so into baking because it's very exact and you can't really like right. go away from a recipe, which isn't really true because I've gone away from recipes and built my own recipes, but they're like, cooking is so much more expressive. You can like right. do that. So what are your thoughts on like following recipes versus just like, let's throw something together. So I actually, as far as cooking goes, I almost never follow a recipe. I have tons of cookbooks and I read them for fun. Like those are my <laughs> novels. That's what I read. People ask me for a good book recommendation. I'll say a cookbook cause I don't read books. I only right. read books with food. Um, so I, I love that whole thing, but I almost never follow a recipe. I just kind of do my own thing. But with baking, you do have to be more exact. Like you said, you can sway from it if you know what you're doing. But right. for most people who aren't quite sure what they're doing, because baking is a science, right? where cooking is art, that's what they say. They say cooking is art and it's more expressive than baking is a science. Which you totally have to makes sense. To format. Right, 100%. So I really like both. It just depends on my mood. The group is probably more filled with cooking because everyone cooks every day. Oh, yeah. We all eat every day. And we don't baking eat cake so, every yeah. day, although I think we should. Oh, I totally agree with you. <laughs> Trust me. There's always something in my house, and people come over, they're like, can I eat that? I'm like, yes, please eat that. That's what it's there yeah. for. I'm like, I always have cookies around. But really, my favorite thing is to eat. <laughs> just food, just straight up. What's your favorite food? My favorite? Oh, I don't know. Wait, to I bake. Love food. Or, I mean, like, to cook. Like, what's your favorite thing to make? I don't even have one. I'm really just, like, it depends on my mood, and I get into the kitchen, and I make something up. I don't have, like, a favorite thing to make. I do love baking, though. I really do. Like, it used to be when I was stressed out or I didn't know what to do with myself, I would just get in the kitchen and bake something. But then my clothes started getting too tight, so that was not a great <laughs> hobby. Up. Yeah, a little bit. But that's my favorite thing to do. To bake is really my favorite. It is a little bit easier to be impromptu about cooking because you could just be like, even if you have 10 minutes, you can cook something. Right. You can't bake something in 10 minutes, usually. Right. But also, you need to be more familiar with the baking ins and outs. Right. You can't just, you know, anyone can just put a few things together and cook and then taste and adjust. Like, you can add salt and you can add whatever. You can't add salt to a cake after. Right. It's true. It's done. Somebody said once, like, I was talking to them about baking and they said, well, I don't, I'm not good with following recipes. I was like, you know that they make, like, cookies, though. They're like, nope, can't even do that. The oven, they can't even watch an oven. I was like, they make timers for that. They just right. could not deal with baking. Because some people can't be exact no matter what. Right. But the truth is, even timers, like, I made cookies the other week, and it said to keep in the oven for um, 17 to 20 minutes. 12 minutes they were done. Right. But, like, it's a good thing I was watching them, because right. otherwise so that, they would have burned. But you also knew what to look for, and some people don't right. know That's what true. the, the signs That takes practice. For. So cooking is a lot more forgiving. Do you change recipes based on who asks for them? I know that sounds funny, but, like, sometimes for me, like... I'll add a little extra vanilla here or a little extra cocoa there. But if somebody asks me for the recipe, I'll try and give it to them, like, as exact as I can if I know that they're not, like, the type to sway off of a right. recipe. So most of the time, I, like I said, I make things up. 
so I don't even have you don't even know exact your measurements. So it's like my mom's potato pickle. I don't know what I do to it. Are you kidding me? It took me two years to master my mom's potato pickle. I promise. I promise. But I totally hear that. You don't even know what they're doing. But I did it. it. I got it. <laughs> did I she taste it? it? Did she be like? No. Okay. Yeah, it's approved. Did I did you write it. it down? Yeah. No. Well, no, but I know it. I have it. But then. It's, your I gave kids it are to the same people. Years. No, no, I like know what to do. It's about three quarters of a cup of oil, not just like I don't know some oil. Yeah, you know, it's like it's my more aunt also is a really great cook. She always does Pesach and like all the anytime there's like Shabbat brachos, she'll do Shabbat Shabbat brachos. And we ask her like, so what do you put on the meat? I don't know. I just I just put some stuff right. on the meat. Right. But like. You can't make it if you don't know, right? So what's I preface on it. all my posts because I'll post I post pictures as often as I can when things look good. Right. I like to make my food pretty for me. I really like oh, it. Oh, I'm so into because I like so. eating pretty food. So I'll make the food all pretty. I don't do it for Facebook, but if it's already pretty, I'll post it. You might as well post a picture of it. Right. So when people ask me for the recipe, I'll say I don't have an exact recipe, but, but here's what I think I did. Here's what I did. Right. I, I always preface it because I don't know exactly what I did, and some people right. need exact. I can't tell you a half a teaspoon of salt because I just went like that. Like, right. I, I don't know. I just made a chicken recipe the other day that someone was asking me last night. Oh, so do you have a really easy chicken recipe? I was like, I mean, again, I could tell you that I went to the supermarket and this is what I bought. Right. But I can't tell you what I put on it. Right. Um, what does your family think about this? My family. Do they gets, be like some? Do they be like? I don't even know how I'm talking. Do they sometimes ask like, Could we just have like spaghetti? Like, dude. So no. Okay. So my husband loves it. He loves it. He really loves really it. Does. It's like a five star restaurant every he, day. Yeah. He really enjoys it. He's like, I am never bored because there's just always something really, really great to eat. Someone said once, whoever I marry is gonna love that I bake all the time, and I'm like, not really, because after like a month, again, your clothes start yeah. getting too tight, and you're can't eat anything. So I recently got more into cooking. Yes. Which is when I entered the Facebook group. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because you have to know how to cook. Has it helped? I mean, I'm not married, so no, hopefully one still, day it'll help. But yeah, it's, it has helped with like when I bake things, I definitely know how I have a place to turn. Okay. If I see an interesting recipe posted, I definitely like take a screenshot of it so I have it. Right. Um, and my kids almost never eat my dinner. My kids are really, really picky. Oh. Very, very, very. Like... They get home lunch to school because they never ate the school lunch. And what I send them is bread. And people ask me, bread with what? And I said, bread with bread. Because <laughs> I send them bread with bread and more bread because that's what they want to eat. Um, for dinner, they'll have, like, kid things. And I tried that whole, you know, people give advice of having the kids cook with you so that they'll want right. to eat their creations or whatever it is. My kids used to cook with me and then not eat their creations. Like, it was fun for them to do it. I did that once. I babysat once. And I'm like, oh, you guys want to make pancakes? And they're like, yeah, yeah, let's make pancakes. And then they didn't touch the pancakes. Right. So my kids are all for the helping, but not then so they, much for they the won't eating. necessarily eat it. So I just kind of gave up because I used to struggle with it. My My oldest is Eight. So at a certain point, I was just like, you know what? As long as you're eating something somewhat healthy, right? I'm really fine with it. I'm not going to fight with you. So a lot of times they'll have like um, eggs for dinner, or yogurt, or pizza, or you know, just like kid food. So you're still only baking for you and your husband. I right. Yeah. <laughs> well, whatever. Sometimes they'll taste from it. My daughter likes food. She's my eater. So sometimes they'll eat from it, and then you know, there's the next night. I don't have to cook every day. There's right, leftovers. And then there's certain things my husband can take to work for lunch. So it's not really the same thing. It's more, it's like, 
it gets more use than it would have when I first got married because I'm right. I know more of what I'm you doing, and also you can repurpose leftovers. That's really my favorite thing. To right. do oh, also. we make egg rolls all the time after like a three day on dip where we have all this chicken leftover, like roast chicken. So we just we right. peel up the chicken, we buy cabbage, soy sauce. Inside an egg roll skin and fry right. it, and like that's the next. So thing. it's leftovers that no one knows. It's right. Great. So right. So that's actually fun. so many people love them. Yeah. And every time we go places, oh, could you guys make egg rolls? Like that's what you guys could bring, even See? though we're like, but we have no leftover chicken. <laughs> egg rolls. Could you cook chicken just for the egg roll? Right. It's so funny. No way. Um, do you? Do people always ask you? Like, either do people invite you out for lunch? On like a Shabbos or a Yontif saying, oh, but you want to bake this, cook this, this, yeah. and this? Or do you usually get people asking you to like make the food when you go somewhere? Um, no, not really. We we don't have an air of here and my daughter... Right, like, so you can't really carry. Was, I mean, now she's a little bit big. She's starting to be able to walk far, but we haven't gone anywhere right. for a Shabbos meal because we stay home because she was little. Um, but I like having people over and they'll like hint what they want. <laughs> Like, remember that one time that you made that one thing? Right, but also I have this, like, ridiculous memory. It's really weird. And I remember what I cooked the last time people came over, even if it was a really long time ago. But that's good, because then you remember if they liked it. Right, which is so weird. And most people find it weird, but I remember if they liked it. And, I mean, I think all my food's good, but also I like not repeating things. So oh. if I know I made a certain thing when someone was and here, won't I make won't it. make it. I'll make something different. But it's a good, Unless it got rave reviews. It's a good thing to have. It's just odd. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I'll remember that somebody told me something once, like a random fact about them. So yeah. next time I see them, they'll be like, oh, and I'll tell them what it's like. It's a little weird that right. you remember see? that. People get creeped so out. So I hear that. So I don't say anything about it. I just have it in the back of my mind. So my thing is, like, I know, like, I go on a lot of Yacha Chabotones. I know when I go on the Yacha Chabotone, if I bring cookies, they'll probably get eaten. <laughs> but for me, I don't like to bring it unless I know somebody's going to want it. Right. But there are certain people, if I know they're going on the Chabotone, then I'll bring it. Because I'll know that they'll ask me why I didn't bring right. cookies. But now I tell people, like, when they say, why didn't you bring cookies? I say, well, if you ask me to bring them, I'll bring them. I'm not going to be, like... Right. That person who's walking around with these cookies, just handing them out. Why? Everybody loves that know. person who hands out cookies. Oh, I know. Everyone. But, like, I don't want to have them left over, and then I throw them out, and it's no. like, oh, trust me. When I worked in camp one summer, on the first Friday night, I, like, held a bag of cookies, and somebody would ask me for one. I was like, okay, what's your name? And, like, I'd introduce myself to every person with cookies. <laughs> well, now if you have leftover cookies, you know my address, and you can just come <laughs> over and give them to me. I will take them gladly. <laughs> um, right. That's true. There's so always so that. many people tell me that I can bring them over cookies. Um, but like I said, there's always cookies in my house. Yeah. Um, now, what are your thoughts on cooking shows? I know you said you always used to watch your mom. And I love to bake, but for some reason I can't watch those cooking shows that, I don't know, are on the cooking channel. It's just some something about it isn't cooking, in my opinion. So my dream cooking show like if I ever had my own cooking show I always joke that it'll be with like a kid on my leg <laughs> I'm serious what it's really like yeah the real deal with a kid on my leg and another one like in the bathroom yelling to be wiped right and you know a crazy hectic chaotic situation so that people actually feel like they could really do that right there's because this one you're cooking watching show. Food network and this woman is standing in her perfect clean right. kitchen 
And there's no kids around at all. And she has all the ingredients she needs. Right, She doesn't have to call a neighbor. Right. So that, yeah. that kind There's of one makes... cooking show that's like, something about the South. I don't remember what it's called. But she just magically has like a party every night that she's cooking for. She's always talking about the parties she's cooking for. And tonight I'm having my girlfriends over. and Or tonight I'm, the husband's having the guys over and like all this stuff. I'm like... I mean, I know she only probably records these shows for, like, a month. Right. And then uses them the whole year. Right. But I just can't imagine. First of all, sometimes I just want to bake and I have nothing to bake for. So then there's just stuff in my freezer. Right. But I would never sell somebody stuff from my freezer. Right. Because, like, that's not nice. (laughs) So I just have stuff in my freezer, which my mom uses every once in a while when she has friends over. But, like, I totally hear what you're saying about a cooking show. That's, That's, like, my dream. I don't think I'm the only one who thinks so. I think that's everyone's dream cooking show like wow it's real life you know right on one hand we want to see the the fake stuff because we like looking at perfect things like people like seeing perfect things but on the other hand it's so unrealistic that it just makes you discouraged to get into the kitchen right I hear that um do you give like classes or anything like do people say can you come show me how to do this in my kitchen people who like never baked because sometimes people will explain to me or I'll read a recipe like I made caramel for the first time and it was a big fail oh no but the next time I made it I you know changed because like the recipe was wrong that it wanted me to do for the specific margarine bran and brown sugar that I was using. It just didn't work. Right. And so I did it a few times, and I finally mastered it, and I made delicious matzah toffee for Pesach. But had someone just who knew how to make caramel come and showed me how to make caramel, it would have taken me two seconds to learn. Right. So people ask you to, like, come and... So our group has, like you said, it's it's at almost yes. 16,000. It's really, it's, like, growing every day. It's a little insane. But... It's kind of impossible for me to show someone right. in like London or Tennessee or Israel right. or how to do it. I don't know Costa Rica. Yeah, right. we have members yeah, it's in crazy. Costa Rica, so it's hard for me to show them how to do things. You have but, some videos, right? So they'll they'll ask for a video, and if there are enough people asking for a video, and I'm able to do it, because it's not always it. possible. Like it's so most of the time, I'm in the kitchen alone or with my kids. I can't have it filmed. It's just insane. Right. You won't hear anything. All you'll hear is mommy, 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 can I have a drink. Mommy, mommy, that's mommy. your cooking that's show. My, right, that's my, what you that's want. my cooking show. But you won't hear what I'm saying because <laughs> I don't have that's a mic. True. Um, so I'll try to do a video. But most of the time, I'm not really able to. Uh, we go upstate, so if anybody upstate asks me for help on how to, like, make a glaze for a bunk cake or something, because that's something that you need to watch. Right. Although we have an awesome video on our page by Rifki Nachmani, whom I don't know, but she basically, in her video, taught me how to glaze a cake perfectly, and she's amazing. Wow. So I learned from her, and I, like, forward the info. So upstate, if anyone's, you know, it's like more local. Everyone right. can just oh, kind of walk over anytime. Here, I'll show you how to glaze a cake and then you can see it. It's much right. easier when you see it. Um, now, you mentioned close to 16,000 members. Yeah. What are you, what, what's, what was going through your head? I mean, obviously it wasn't like one day you had 50 and one day you had 16,000. Right. Like, that's so, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and it's growing and it's so cool. Um, I, I just obviously we never think that when it yeah no, we never expected to happen. Like I said, it was it started out as a joke, so we never really expected it. We kind of used to just post pictures of like you know whatever we ate and it was like messy and whatever. And then like people started upping their game, especially lately. 
I noticed yeah, there's some really the nice things are getting better and better and better and more people are starting to post and people are getting inspired and I, I really love the sense of community that I created because that yeah. was my that was really my dream that everyone should just help each other every other Facebook it feels like group. we're all living on like some yeshuv in Israel and <laughs> right going to our neighbor's houses to ask for a cup of sugar which I think is so cool yeah like I I love how little drama there is which isn't easy I work really really hard to right. nip any drama immediately, but I feel like every other Facebook group has a lot of drama. This is very, and that was yeah. like one of my fears. I didn't want it to turn into one of those, which is also why I have a very strict like only food policy. Because how dramatic could you be about food, really? Right. Like it's, it's true. Food. Just eat and be happy. That's food makes me happy. Right. Food makes most people happy. So that's that's really my favorite thing. Like someone recently last week posted that it was her first. Um, kosher Shabbos that she made like wow. she got a uh, bless for the first time and a crock pot or something for the first time and baked challah I think for the first time and had like her first kosher Shabbos and she was thanking the group for, for the inspiring wow. no not even that inspiring so, for inspiring her meanwhile she probably just inspired nearly 16,000 people yeah she inspired me and I've been keeping Shabbos for a long time right it's incredible and I, I love how supportive everybody was of you know, her question, probably she didn't know anything about a lot of topics, and everyone was just supportive and helped her want to do it even more. Right. I love it. Um, I was going to ask, like, what your favorite type of post or what you think is, like, nice when people post, but that was a yeah. pretty good answer. I don't know if you could top that one. I love those. But. I love when someone posts, like, I just made challah for the first time, and they look like gorgeous bakery challahs. Like, right. it makes me so happy that people That's went like, out I worked there and did so, it. for so many months, maybe even years, to master challah. You don't want just, to know what my first challah looked like. I cried. Sometimes it doesn't rise, so I switched yeast. Right. Hey, that didn't rise. So I did um, warmer water instead of hot water. Like, it was just, right. I kept changing, but you can only change one thing at a time. Because if you change so many things at a time, you don't know if that really works. So then I just saw someone post in the group last week that they saw a real difference between um, regular bread flour and high gluten yeah, flour. And so I bought high gluten flour, and that's what I did. And my challah rose beautifully. Oh, so there you go. Which I wasn't expecting, and so I made what like I thought were small challahs. <laughs> we're not. I mean, right now it's really just my parents' home for most offices with me occasionally. Right. And my sister's married, and my brother's in Israel. So I thought I was making small challahs, and they ended up doubling in size in the oven. Which, had I known that, I would have like made them even smaller and let it rise a second time, so I could be prepared. So maybe I could redo it if it got too big but it, they just were huge and I was like okay you know what to tell you found a recipe that works now next time learn how to make smaller challahs right so but can you imagine that you're so nervous to make challah and you finally muster up the courage to make challah for the first time okay and it comes out terrible and it comes out amazing oh amazing right how satisfying is that feeling that like you know this community gave you all the tips and information right. that you needed to get it's there true. the if first you, time sometimes when I'm bored I'll just like go in the group and I'll just like read some of the posts about like challah or chicken or just yeah. different things and you learn a lot yeah if you don't know anything and you're afraid to cook somebody who's a newlywed you should definitely go check this group <laughs> out um it's called i don't cook but i give out recipes um do you have any you know thoughts um i just wanted to add another one of my favorite yeah. posts that i really really like is um how helpful people are with like certain 
um, food sensitivities. Like if someone in the family has a new allergy or something, and they they turn to the group for help because a lot right, of the of resources course. out there aren't necessarily kosher blogs or kosher websites. Let's say someone is newly gluten free. They, they don't can know go to, to all do. these things and make up their own substitutions, but if they go there, there's somebody's so gluten free. Yeah, and they, they just get tons of advice immediately. Right I saw off someone the bat. right before Pesach post any nut free haroset recipes. And right. so a few people responded, and then she edited the post and said, I'm also allergic to fruit. And so instead of people saying, like, Oh, sorry, that can't help you there. Somebody else reached out and said, oh, well, I found a recipe that uses this or right. whatever. And it was, like, really great. Right, so you're not going to Google nut-free haroset right. necessarily. You might get one. Once post. I did Google, somebody posted they were looking for a salad dressing recipe, and they needed it really quick. So what did I do? I went to Google. I looked up the salad dressing recipe they were looking for, and I posted the recipe. And they're like, oh, my gosh, you're a lifesaver. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I really just looked it up on Google, but you're welcome. Right. But how cool is that? <laughs> it, it was great. Um, and I definitely love the group. I definitely get a lot of recipes that I wouldn't have. Thank you. Me too. Um, and, you know, great job. Thank I know you. it was a joke, but, like, now you... Right, it's not like, a joke anymore. Yeah, it's a real thing. We're actually, for anyone in Brooklyn, I don't know when this show is going to air, but we have a food demo coming up for our vegan school. I'm going to post a flyer in the group probably this week. And I'm going to be there doing a demo. Okay. And Sylvia Fallis, whom we all know and love, is going to be there doing a demo as well. And Miriam Pascal. Wow. Who everyone knows <laughs> is going to be there doing a demo as well. And then there is a separate floor for men who are going to have some great demos of their own. Separate viewing floors for men and women, I believe, is the thing. And it's really, really cool. I'm going to post a flyer this week with all the details. But you asked me if I ever so, do a demo. So keep a by your eye out for that. Yeah. Um, again, the group is called I Don't Cook, but I Give Out Recipes, and it's definitely something you should check out if you are into cooking, and even if you're not and you want to be. Mm. So thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. And we'll be right back after this.
Welcome back to the Stunt Show here on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Leo Razamik, and that was the Y Studs Hashem Melech that you just listened to. I am sitting here with Miriam Wallach as we discuss how you take, I don't know if it's a small idea in this case, but... It's not a fat joke, is it? No, it's definitely <laughs> not a fat joke. And make it pretty big, but how many years have you been involved in the Nachum Siegel Network? Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me on. It's my pleasure. No, it's really actually my pleasure. Um, and... I appreciate being in the company of the other guests that you've had on. It's um, it's fun to be part of a group who appreciate hard work and what growth looks like when that hard work pays off. Well, I definitely noticed in this case. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, Hence, I'm sitting here. Yeah. <laughs> Before you got involved, I definitely was not on the air as often as this. Listen, there's there there are so many people. I mean, you want to talk team effort? This is a team effort. This is a complete team effort. And um, to move JM and the AM into a network and to take that, that team, that, that family is really what it's like, and make a place for yourself while still maintaining and respecting those relationships and those personalities and those talents and having them turn to you and say, so how can we help? How can we do this? What do you need? It was a, an incredibly um, gracious experience, and it hasn't ended. I know that I can call Mark Zomic, and I do call Mark <laughs> Zomic um, when I need anything, as Mark Zomic is Google. 
and, and somebody I, said once that he's the guy that like when people say, oh, I know somebody, that's him. It has to be. It has to be. Like, why would you Google something when you could call Mark? Right. We, he always it says at the dining room table on Friday night, this conversation has been going on too long. If we had Google, it would have been over 20 minutes ago. <laughs> he's, he is, he's an amazing person. And then there's Matis. I, uh, Matis, are you kidding? Matis is, Matis is the world and, and mayor and mayor. And I, I'm only in this seat to begin with because of Ferdig. Right. I was going to ask, how did you get, I mean, I know right. how you got here. I've heard the story from my dad, but maybe not all the listeners know, unless so, <laughs> you do talk about it often. How did you get here? So um, when people ask me, uh, recently somebody asked me if I could speak to her daughter about going into broadcasting. And I'm like, very honestly, I can talk all you want, but I will be of no help. And not because I don't want to be a help, but because I sort of fell into a pothole. And I've been there ever since. And it's the best pothole in the world. <laughs> but you trip over radio, in my experience. You trip over it, and here you are. And and it's unbelievable. Right, I, I was born into it. It's not like I right. just, you know. I, I don't know how you get an internship and, and work. Your, I have no idea. I have no idea. In this case, what had happened was I had been doing a radio show with Mayor Fertig um, when Mayor and I were still both at the Jewish Star, which seems like 100 years ago. Yeah. Um, we did a show called What's Next. The concept was to take some of the content out of the Jewish Week on a weekly basis and turn it into basically a show and a podcast, kind of, an, kind of an, uh, a concept. Um, that continued for a number of months, and then Mayor left the Jewish Star and went to YU. We then transferred the show. We moved the show to YU after um, Mayor got his bearings there. And um, we moved the show there. It became um, Who's on First, which was a play on words because First um, is the name of the building. F-U-R-S-T was the name of the building where from which we did the show and Mayor's office was. And then Mayor couldn't do it anymore. His job was just too big at YU. And the idea came up. Maybe I should just do it on my own. And that scared the living daylights out of me. How <laughs> in the world am I going to do this on my own? How am I, I, I just, I, 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 all I kept on saying was that I'd be a great Ed McMahon, but I'm certain not, certainly not meant to be Johnny Carson. And I'm not sure you get that reference. I That's mean, I've fine. heard it, okay. but I don't understand oh, okay. it. Okay, okay. Right. So I'm basically, I, I was basically setting myself up to always be the guy on the side, always be the backup guy, okay. but not be the star front and center, not be the host. Um, but once that got started, once that's life got started just with me hosting, um, Nachum and I just started doing more work together, more work together, more work together. And I was at that point looking for a career change. And, uh, the story goes, which is true that I went to, I was sitting at a Yankee game and I got a phone call at the Yankee game that a job I had been dying for, I was not getting. Um, and at that point, I texted Nachum and I, and I wrote to him, if there's ever a, a time for you to figure out how to hire me full time, it's now. <laughs> and um, we met the next day. And, and wow. that was it. And that was it. So basically, I bullied him into a job. <laughs> <laughs> that was the beginning of our bullying. I bullied him into a job. And um, four years later, my anniversary is coming up, June 20th. Is wow. the day that I joined Nachum on the air on JM and the AM to announce the the beginning of the Nahum Siegel Network, and my position as general manager, and September 4th of that year is when we had our launch party, and the Nahum Siegel Network began.
that's wow. where we are. People always ask me, like, when they find out that I have a show and all that stuff, and I don't, I don't like go boasting about it. It's not something that like, I. There's, there's a class of, you like you have to be classy about it, right? right? So I'll randomly just like drop into conversations because I'll say how I interviewed someone. Why? Where'd you interview someone? You know, on my show, and they're like, "Oh, so Jamie in the AM." I'm like, "Well, it's not, it's not really that." So, <laughs> how would you? Did you see what you've done? When you started, like, how did you take a three-hour, five-day-a-week <laughs> show that people still think is all of it right. and turn it into – So, because then I'm like, explain, no, it's actually a whole network now. Right. Well, what do you mean by whole network? I'm like, well, you, why don't you just, like, go on the website and see because I can't do the explaining that you clearly Check it need. out. Check it out. Um, how did that happen? So um, – In the short interview time that we have. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. Um, basically, it was a combination of – talking through ideas with Egal Siegel, who was part of my hiring process, who at the time was chief of staff and now functions of, as our CFO here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Um, he is a trusted advisor and super friend. And, um, the, and they had a concept. They had a concept where they wanted to take Jam and Am and explode it into... Was this always a concept that they wanted? This was a dream that Nachum has had for a very long time. And they were sort of waiting for the right crazy personality to, <laughs> to at least you admit it. Oh, it's, it's my middle <laughs> name. Um, to go ahead and try and make a go of it, and um, and that's how it started. We just started talking things through, but the the prospect, the um, the potential was always there. So as soon as the idea started germinating in my head, I'm like, of course. Like, why wouldn't this work? Forget it. People gravitate towards Nachum Siegel. He is. He is the foremost celebrity in the Jewish world on an international level. Why wouldn't this work? People cannot get enough of him, and for good reason. So why wouldn't this work? And it did. Bali Ayanhara continues to flourish. Season five is looking cool. We have things already planned. And what's wonderful about the people that I work with and the network is that we keep planning for the future, and the planning just goes on and on. It's it's infinite. And there's something very inspiring about being able to work on something whose possibilities and potential are infinite. Um, on that, plans for the future, I'm not asking what they are, mm -hmm. but I'm asking in general, a little bit more broad than just the network itself, how do you approach something like the concert in Paris that <laughs> is such a huge thing or the trips to Israel that you have? Right. Now, obviously, there's like some sort of wish list that you want to accomplish, but Overall, how do you even like just step into something like that? Um, I hold my nose and I sort of jump. And the, the I wish it wasn't that crazy or as simple as that, but sometimes it is. When it came to Paris, there was um, we we held our breath and we went forward. And sometimes you just have to take a risk. There's some there, there's something about jumping off a cliff, and you just have to make sure that the people around you are the people you want to do it with, and you take that risk. And and I'm not going to say it's that easy because t jumping off risk, jumping off cliffs is pretty scary. Right. Right. Um, but, you know, we have we have instituted a new rule that if I if the words I have an idea come out of my mouth, somebody needs to gag me and put me in the corner. Um, <laughs> that being said, as we're planning our next Jewish Unity Initiative trip and um, it is ridiculously cool and I'm working on it furiously and the people who we're working on it with in Europe are super excited and are grateful that we want to tell their story to the world. And um, 
and we learned a lot. We've learned a lot from our Israel trips. We learned a lot from Houston. We learned a lot from Paris. And we take that experience and we move forward. I'm not a, I'm a marathon runner, so I continue to look forward. I don't look back. Um, and this is always a question I wonder about people who get a lot done, yeah. as you are. <laughs> um, To-do lists. Yes. What do you think about them? Oh my God. I have written them so many times, and sometimes lists. I forget to look at my to-do list. Okay, that's like, me in shopping lists. I make <laughs> shopping lists, I leave them on the counter, somebody has to take a picture of them and then send them to me. That's just the you way You know they works. make an app for that now, right? Right, yeah, it's not going to happen. That's not, that's, Jamie's like, you don't know her, she's never going to get that done. Um, <laughs> but, but to-do lists. Oh, it's so gratifying, crossing off, and the, I... I mean, Nahum laughs at me because I'll cross off the to-do, like everything on my to-do list, and I will show it to him, and then I will crumple the paper and throw it away. And it's like, the, like I have accomplished, there could be two things on that list, but it doesn't matter. They were accomplished. Do you go as specific and as broad as anything? Or do you Whatever just do, like, it is. One, one day? What, like, it's just... I usually do it. I usually scribble something on the train in the morning. Like, this is what I got to get out there. And I know I'm going to miss stuff. So then it gets added on throughout the day, but... Being able to throw out that stupid piece of paper is like, you know, I ran an additional five miles today. I That's saw somebody like. post like a picture of a to-do list once and it had today's to-do list and at the bottom it was like yesterday's that didn't get done. And I'm like, that's kind of like I didn't get those done yesterday. Right. I won't throw it out. Like I will leave that on my desk until and I will walk around with that with half the papers in my bag right now. Right. Or just like <laughs> one thing that I have not gotten done either because I'm being passive aggressive or just because it can't happen yet. Um, but it will. Oh, it'll it'll get done. It'll get done. It'll for sure get done. It could be my kid's doctor's appointments. It just hasn't been scheduled yet. Right. So I just got to do it. Um, but but th- it's gratifying. It's gratifying to feel like you've accomplished. But there are sacrifices to everything. You know, you, we're not interviewing the Wallach children. They can tell you <laughs> about the things that I miss and and questions that they have. And you know, my son said to me today. Everything that you do, can't you do it at home and just talk to Nachum a couple times a day and just do it from home? My And, you know, I have to explain that. Or my six-year-old who says to me, um, can't you be a home mommy? Can you be a home mommy next year? I'm like, you really don't want me to be a home mommy. I <laughs> promise. I'll make you all Because then your to-do list will be like different things around the house that you never got to I can't care. work out of my house because all I want to do is sweep. Yeah, right. it's true. I can see that. Right. I just want to sweep. I vacuum in here. I just want to sweep at home. <laughs> So um, everything. Listen, the, the the job and the the um, the undertake the undertaking and the opportunity is humongous and glorious. Um, it's just you know, balance isn't a beautiful thing. Now this is something I've always been curious about because my father claims, and I mean, being his daughter, I have to say it's true. But you know, sometimes whatever he says feuds, is true. These feuds <laughs> between you guys go on for a while. He says that he came up with the name JM and the AM, Jewish Moments in the Morning. He, this is what he said. Correct. So now I am curious, where did the Nahum Siegel Network name come from That and the logo that's like you see it and you just know what it is. And it's, it just sounds, you know, I mean, it's not like somebody could have picked his name to work so well with right. something well, like that. But. If I had to pick a name, it wouldn't be a huh. It wouldn't right. have gone with Nahum. Right. Um, but he is our fearless leader and we move we move forward behind him. Um, the name Nahum Siegel Network, Nahum credits to me. Um, and as anybody else sitting in the studio will tell you, I don't remember what happened yesterday. So if he gives me the credit, I trust right. him. Um, the logo was designed by Yossi Zweig. That I will not take credit for at all. If there's a stick figure on a piece of paper on the counter, I might have made that. But <laughs> the network logo, I don't take credit for. I can tell you where I was 
when he was sending me logo options back and forth and we were talking about colors and whatever. I remember that conversation distinctly, those emails. Um, but that's all him. That's all him. And do you still love the logo and the name? Do you still feel like... Because my dad sometimes will randomly say, like, he gets bored of some of his work, like some of the logos and stuff that he's made. But then randomly we'll get a piece of mail with a logo that he made on it, and I'll just go, like, I love this. Right. <laughs> right. And I'm like, I'm so glad you love your work. There are certain things that are just tried and true, certain things, like, I wouldn't touch. You know, the the Coke wave, the Coca-Cola wave on the can. Right. You're not going to touch that. That is... That a brand. Is, yeah. It is just it. So for me... The Nachum Siegel Network and the logo together are our brand. That is our identity. If, he, if we were changing, um, let's say, the, the Table for Two artwork that we use as the album art when the app comes up, if Mark wants to change that and Naomi's good with it, like, Gig goes and say, hey, but the name Table for Two stuck. will stick. Correct. So there are certain things that I think we can tweak. Um, we have an event coming up. Uh, the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, I should say, has an event coming up on on uh, the 31st at the end of the month. And we were tweaking the name, tweaking the name, tweaking the name. And sometimes I just play with it. And so yesterday we were at a planning meeting and I'm tweaking and tweaking and tweaking. And then it hits you like a ton of bricks. And I present it and that everybody's like, that's it. So Right. So it was sort of like that. Right. So you just, you know, especially with these names or whatever it is, like, you know when it's right. You know when it, you know when it works. Like, I remember talking to your dad about Table for Two. We were we were coming up with different things, and he was working on alliteration and whatever, and something with the Naomi, and I'm like, it's table for two. Like we just, it just sometimes, you know, he. I helped to make the logo for that, and it's lovely. It is. It's an. It's a. It's a, almost like a romantic kind of intimate. You you feel. What I like about that image is that you feel you're the other person at the table with Naomi. Right. Right. That should be the goal, and I think Naomi hosts her shows those way. That way, she speaks to all of her listeners. Right. Um, now, in the last four years, the, the network has done a lot. Big, small, any kind of thing. You know, you've grown. I remember the parade every year only because I just had a call out from work <laughs> um, for that day because they switched the day to that day. And I was like, nope, sorry, I'm busy right, that day. Be, right. I am busy that day. Um, but, All comics are in attendance. Right. <laughs> so I remember from the first year to now, the first year you guys were like walking down <laughs> The first year was that chewing was, gum and rubber bands. Yeah. So <laughs> we didn't in terms of stuff like that, whether it's something, an idea that grows yeah. from itself or it's like a new thing that you guys do, do you have a favorite event or a thing or... For me, it's the parade. The parade is It is, is the parade. Um, because, because it's the parade or because of what the, it has become in terms of the network's, um, I don't know the word, presence, I guess. Um, good question. For me, it's about everything. Uh, it's all of those elements because you can really see um, the dramatic progression of the network from start right. to now when you look at those broadcasts. It was the first time I met you was at one of the parades. And I'm like, really? who is this lady? She's so loud. She's right. just She just has so such a handle on every single thing. How does yeah, she keep controlling everything at the same time? It's an illusion. Um, there's um, It's literally like a history lesson. If you look at where we were the first year... And all the things that went wrong, and I'm so happy we can laugh about it now. <laughs> um, and well, we can only laugh about it because of the great improvement exactly. that has been made. But since that's then. exactly it: is that I'm so proud of where we are. I can't wait for for June 5th. Um, what we have planned is nothing like we've ever done before. What um, your father's been crafting and our conversations. I mean, we're at a completely different level. We had a production meeting last week, and we're sitting there with your dad and the four of us plus your father are there. 
And I'm listening to some of these ideas. I'm like, wow, we have grown. This is, uh, this is, I mean, we're having serious conversations with details and, and just, it, it was, it was, um, it was really inspiring. But for me also, um, on a very personal level, as a person who prays that one day she gets to live in Israel very soon, um, it is my opportunity to make Israel shine on a, on an international level, on a very positive, in a very positive forum with a very positive message of support and love. And, um, you know, every Nefesh Benefesh flight is incredible. Every interview is incredible. Right, and you've gone on some of those flights. Yes, and I'm the idiot who gets the return trip ticket. Yes, thank you, <laughs> Nefesh Benefesh. Um, but, but for us to be able to stand there proudly and broadcast and tell everyone, like, this is our love. Like, I couldn't be more proud as a Zionist to be able to be a part of this production for that reason. Um, that's great. I mean, I remember going to the parade growing up, and you're always like, Fourth grade, you're marching, and look sure. how little I am. And fifth grade, you're marching, and ooh, that's would never notice that. And sixth, right. seventh, eighth, and you know, it just keeps growing. The parade, even itself, and so it's nice to be part of the growth that happens on this end. Yeah, um, agreed. Agreed. One last question, which sure. I guess it could be a two-part question. You can answer either part if you want. Okay. Um, either who do you think is the famous person? most famous person you've ever met doing this, in your opinion. Okay. Or what's your funniest story? Oh, God, funny story we don't have enough time for. Um, crazy funny stories. I mean, it's like the adventures of Nahum and Miriam sometimes, where all of a sudden... Uh, I mean, my favorite most recent story is when Nahum and I went on an advanced trip to Paris, and we were in the La Marais section of Paris, and it's pouring outside, and all of a sudden, out of... No and we got umbrellas and the whole thing... And this was not the one for the event. It was the trip we took two weeks in advance. And all of a sudden, somebody comes over to him and goes, Reb Nachum, we need you for Mincha. And I'm like, we're in Paris. Reb Nachum, <laughs> we need you for Mincha. And all of a sudden, we're being led down an alley, and we don't know where we're going. And Nachum has to say Kaddish, and this is me. We're going to die. This is the day we die. We don't know where we're going. We don't know who these people are. Reb Nachum, we need you for Mincha. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves in a shul down a back alley. I'm like, I, I, I don't know what's going on here. But it was like that moment where... It just reaffirmed to me that not only is he loved and noticed and appreciated by everyone, but um, but we can't hide. And I'm not saying that is a bad thing. Like, Nahum's popularity is such that we can be in the La Marais section of Paris. Right, and still be found. Right, and still be found. And it just it reminded me of the fact that, um, you know, his... His persona and his status and everything is something I have to take very seriously and that, you know, his reputation that I make sure to do my best to preserve is always, you know, I'm not doing anything stupid at that, at whatever moment it is kind of a right. thing. Um, who is the most, I can tell you this is, this is fine. I mean, we Other were than at, Nachum, because so many people are like, you've met Nachum Siegel. Like, right. So yeah. the, the number one answer to that is always Nachum. Um, I can tell you that a couple weeks ago we were with Jay Leno and, and I've been at a number of events with, with President Obama and, and, um, we were, Nahum and I were in an event where President Bush was there, W was there, and all of these things are, are great. As a person who is totally nonplussed by anybody she meets and it takes a lot to impress me, I'm gonna say this and I'm not saying this to be funny, but meeting A.B. Rottenberg. Backstage at the Haas concert okay. was a total fangirl moment. That's allowed because growing up, that's because because like, you grew you up with the Vegas, to, yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, I'm standing here, and it was a total fangirl moment. Like I was, I was like, you know, we're schmoozing with Jay Leno, we're having pizza with Jay Leno, but I'm telling you that being backstage 
with the man who wrote all of these songs that were my first taste of Jewish music as a kid, that was a moment for me. Well, then you're doing the right job. Uh, yeah, you you're know. You're in the right business. Right. I'm the person who's in the dancing circle of the bar mitzvah singing along to every single word, and somebody looks at me, and I'm like, occupational hazard. You just, <laughs> you just know all the lyrics at this point. So, yep, that's my that's my story. Well, thank you thank for joining. You. It was definitely nice to hear from you your <laughs> thoughts about the net. Well, I don't know. My dad has his own thoughts. Right. I have my own thoughts being involved. But, you know, you're at the core of it all. I, I And I love being here. I really love my job. It is a pleasure to work hard. It's a pleasure to work hard. Well, thank you very much. No, I thank you. Thank you for you having me on. I appreciate it. Continue to have the bracha <laughs> that you've already had Stephen, so far. Stephen, you listening? Right. Hello, Stephen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my family puts up with a lot, so I thank them also. I well, thank them also. I thank you for yep. all your work. And thank you for your hard work and thank the Zomics in general. And um, I can't wait to see you on the 5th. Yeah. Tell work you can't go. Yeah, no. They're, they're, I'm, I'm busy that day. Exactly. Well, it's not even my fault. It's not like I'm not going to work. They changed a day of work right. to that day. That's life, buddy. Sorry. That's life. Exactly. Um, well, thank you very much, and we'll be right back right after this. Thank you. Ani 
ist jeder mit ihm nunt. Kreuzenhand, morgen fand, übermorgen frische Pfand. Heute verdient man leere Franken, Schäckel, Dauer, Pfund. Abgezeigt, mir folgt mir leid, mir legt daran, mir quetscht und breit. Jeder hat dieselbe Ziel, verdient und Geld für Nägel. Mir fliegt und weg, drauf und take, noch zu Geld, da sage ich je. Noch a Dauer, Franken, Pfund, nix an, noch a Schäckel. Der Leben wird verstellt, nur dein Geld gibt ihm Geld. Welcome back to the Stun Show here on the Nachum Seal Network. That was the Yeshivish Medley by 613. Definitely one of my favorite a cappella songs out there. Um, maybe I just think that because it's like a compilation of regular songs you usually listen to. Um, and 613 is definitely pretty good at filling in the empty space when it comes to not having music. Well, I hope you enjoyed the show today. We discussed how you can take a big, a small idea and turn it really, really big, um, both from a cooking perspective with Esty Walby from I Don't Cook, I Just Give Out Recipes, a very popular Facebook group that I came across one day a few months ago. And we also talked to Miriam Wallach, somebody who everybody knows her name if you're listening to this show. Um, she really took the Nachum Siegel Network and actually made it the Nachum Siegel Network since it was not, it was just Jamie the Aim before. There was no network going along with it, and now there is. And so I sort of take that um, since it's something that I watched grow over the last few years and to think to myself, I can make something grow if I have the right, you know, plan of action and I have the right support system and and I really put uh, anything I have into it, as we see from both of those. So even if it was a joke to begin with, as the Facebook group was, or if it is something that has been a desire in your life for a very long time, you can definitely still make that happen, and you should not give up doing so. In my case, I have been trying to get my baking out there for the last few years, and slowly but surely, I am definitely getting there um, step by step. But as of now, it is pretty small. If you want to make it bigger yourself, you can definitely email me, leora.instabake at gmail.com, and you can order some cheesecake for Shavuos. That is my next activity. I have recipes on recipes that I am making for Shavuos. So you can email me for that. Or if you have any questions or comments about the show or about really anything in general, feel free to email me at leora at nachamsegal.com. That's L-E-O-R-A at nachamsegal.com. But other than that, I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you listen to our show in the future, and have a great day. I asked the man I saw how many Jews in this town. He said to me there used to be a minion around. 
But one of us passed away and we've been feeling down. Yet now it seems as though another Jew has been found. Won't you stay with us for Shabbos, Minion Man? I step off the bus in Mobile, Alabama. The sun was slowly setting on the bay. Six o'clock on a summer Friday afternoon. Shabbos was an hour away. I walked around the town wondering what to do. For Shabbos, there's no time to be feeling blue. Then I saw a man who looked the same way too. I was quite relieved to find the fellow Jew. Then two more we went into a shop that red closed on the door. There was a minion in the back of a hardware store. Nine men waiting for one more. We ushered in the Shabbos with a beautiful song. The Chazan had a voice that was clear and strong. Shabbos long Then Mara came again I had to be moving on Shabbos was carried on a song. Whoa, I asked the man, I saw how many Jews in this town. He said to me, there used to be a minion around. But one of us passed away and we've been feeling 
Christ, for showers, minions, 